You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Hey Burley Church Online, good morning, good afternoon, good night, whatever time you're watching this. It's uh, great to be with you. We are in a kind of new series, well not kind of, we are in a new series called Health and Hope. And uh, we kind of kick-started last week. Um, with some really reflective questions. And if you haven't got a chance to watch that, I would encourage you to go back and have a look because it's a really good place to start as we unpack this series about the things that are changing and transforming our mind. And especially in this muddy, murky, confusing, fearful, anxiety-ridden season, it's important to have a look at the things that we're following and what they're doing to us. And so, look, I want to finish off a story I started last week. Last week, I showed some pictures of what I called Band Steve. Um, Younger Steve influenced highly and the type of things he pursued. And one of the things I was saying is I found my identity. I was shaped around this rock star image. It was everything to me. I was a disciple to it. Again, go back and have a look at last episode (laughs) or last one to have a look at as I unpacked that. But I wanted to tell you how that finished. I got to a point, a little bit of my testimony, I got to a point um, around 10, 11 years ago uh, where I found myself in North America and I'd fully given into this identity of trying and attempting to be this rock star, whatever that meant to me. And um, I met, I felt like I met with my maker, uh, met my creator one night. Um, and had a experience and 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 um, it led me back into reading the word and um, and led me back into listening to some podcasts. And to cut a reasonably long story short, I made a decision that from that point on, I knew I needed to come back home. I didn't know what for. I needed to come back home and uh, seek some forgiveness from some people and also just realign my life to what was important to what was actually eternal, to what was life-giving, not destructive, not narcissistic. Not not that having a hobby was wrong, but God had really felt like God was calling me back. And um, from that point on, it was smooth sailing. Never had another problem, never did another mistake. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lie. Um, Constant mistakes. In fact, I found that even though I'd said to God I repented, even though I'd turned around back to him, even though, of course, because he's God he, and, and we know him, he's a good father, he welcomed me back. Um, he wanted to do things with me. He wanted me to participate with him, um, even though he required nothing of me but just to turn to him. Um, I still were in some patterns, as we've been looking at Romans 12, two patterns that I were in. And so I had to actually make some decisions uh, in that first six months of returning home to Australia. I had to make some decisions in my life to help me um, connect and help me turn back and help, uh, I guess, just stop some destructive patterns. And so let me tell you about some of the things, decisions I made around 10 years ago. I actually had to start hang- stop hanging around a certain amount of friends that could... Um, yeah, I didn't, they're still my friends today and I still hang out with them today. But for about six months, I had to kind of just call it or or smooth it off a bit or quieten it down with these particular friends. I stopped drinking um, for six months. I thought I was going to actually stop drinking forever, but God really led me into a season for six months uh, through some destructive patterns. Um, 
I got out of the scenes and environments and the places that I knew would incite these patterns that I'd formed. Um, I also did some positive patterns. Uh, a, a pastor came to me at, um, that I'd rejoined a church and he actually asked me and my then fiance <laughs> to, if we wanted to run a, what's it called, a small group. And I can remember having a conversation with my pastor at the time saying, how do you write a Bible study? That doesn't sound like something we would be able to do or be interested in really, but we'll, 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 we'll explore it. Um, little did I know that little decision might have started something in me that led to today, but we started to host people in our home and started to run a Bible study. Jesus loved me right through all of this, yes. I was eternally secure in him, absolutely. I had repented. But the thing is, my spiritual health, my formation still needed me to respond, as we spoke about last week. God could be my God, still love me, but I could still be heading in certain patterns. I could still be being transformed. I still needed to renew my mind, still needed to think about the way and think about the race that I was running. And so it was worship, as we spoke about last week. I was offering myself as a living sacrifice, removing some things, starting some things, all in the name of becoming more like Jesus. And look, that could be just my opinion, except the Bible is super clear about this. Let me let me read some passages. Romans 6, 6 says this, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we could no longer be enslaved to sin. Romans reminding us that there is an element of dying to ourself so that we can be free. Dying to habits, dying to relationships sometimes, dying to certain things that are changing and transforming us into a new life of freedom. Galatians 2.20 says this, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yes, Christ died for us. Talking about Galatians. Yes, we've been redeemed. Yes, we are free. But how do we live that life? Are we living it in Christ? And the, probably the best picture for this whole series, but also for this sermon this morning, is found in John 15. It says this. <clears throat> these are Jesus' words. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. We've been redeemed. But abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. It goes on to talk about exactly what I'm speaking about today. There is elements in our life where abiding in Christ means we have to cut things, prune things, and we have to grow other things, what it looks like. And I want to talk about that word, abide. What does abide mean? Because that's one of those classic religious words that we say, oh, yes, abide in him. <laughs> but sometimes we don't actually even know what it means. So unhelpful to do that, by the way. Ask what it means. Look at what it means if you're never sure. But let me tell you, abide. Dictionary meaning means accept or act in accordance with 
a rule, a decision, or a recommendation. The book of John and John 15 encourages us to abide. He recommends that we lean into the spirit, which again, sometimes means pruning, cutting things off for a season or forever, and sometimes means growing so that we can become more like Jesus. Christ is available. God is waiting. He wants to do this life with you. The invitation here is to abide in him, to intentionally remain in his presence and his will. Awesome. (laughs) We spoke last week about the things we're disciples of. This is what it looks like to say to Christ, hey, why am I alive? In my health, I guess, in this race, I want to live for you and in you. I want to become more like you. In my freedom, I choose you. So at this point, you might say, (laughs) appreciate that. Appreciate those Bible passages, Steve. Appreciate those thoughts. Over following over from last week, we discussed how the world wants to disciple you in heaps of different ways. But you're saying, yes, I want to be discipled in Jesus. I want this next season to set and think about rhythms and think about ways that I can pursue Jesus. Yes, I want to remain. Yes, I want to abide. Yes, I want to be intentionally discipled by him, no matter what age or stage of life. But how? How do I do this? And to me, admittedly, there's many, many different ways. Uh, 2,000 years of Christian tradition, there's incredible things. Um, incredible ways to, to obviously it's about opening the word and praying, but there's ways and things and thoughts and creativity around abiding and remaining in him. And today, online, which is always difficult, um, practical is always hard anyway. Um, churches traditionally have formed over the last hundred, couple of hundred years. They've got real good at just watching and consuming. We get to sing our songs, we hear a sermon, we go home. Um, and so practical is real hard in churches anyway. And then I'm trying to do this online. So I actually understand that this, this bit might be a little bit confusing or hard, but I just, my invitation is that the Holy Spirit's in this. And my invitation is that you uh, at least consider this one idea around practical abiding. And so I'm going to talk about this concept called a rule of life. Let me say it again, a rule of life. Now, alarm bells should go off when you hear the word rule because we are Christians and we are under grace and we are not under the law. We need to do uh, nothing in a sense. It is finished. Jesus has redeemed us. If we turn to him, it's him and his Holy Spirit working through us now. But, no buts about that. But this is not talking about the law. This is not talking about earning our way to heaven. This is not talking about making daddy love us. This is talking about setting up a rule or an intentional structure and rhythm. Here's a definition. This is better. A set of practices and relational rhythms that help us create space to become more like Jesus. This is what I want to speak about for a moment. I want to speak about us designing and sitting down over this month as individuals and as small tables, as small communities, sitting down and working out a set of practices and relational rhythms that help us create space for us to become more like Jesus. As we spend this month exploring the patterns of this world, but then the patterns 
of becoming more like Jesus, as we explore what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us, as we explore the transformation of our minds so that we can do and know God's will. My invitation is to consider a rule of life, putting together a couple of paragraphs. And what a rule of life is, is a couple of paragraphs around how and why you live your life. The best way I've heard this explained, the best analogy for this, if you're still not with me, I would like to spend just a moment at the end of this sermon, the end of this message, talking about building a trussle. Now, what's a trussle? <laughs> it's, am I just saying Russell wrong? No, it's a different thing. It's not a Russell, but a trussle. I didn't know what this was until I looked this up. A trussle is what they use to help in vineyards help the vine grow. You see, and I only Googled this, so I'm not an expert. So if you run a vineyard, come and talk to me. But my understanding is that left alone, a vine will just overgrow and not produce much or any fruit. But once you put a framework in, a bit of stick in the ground and some, and some structure around it, the vine grows better and produces more fruit. Yes, the gardener still has to cut and grow and water, and connect with, but a trussle actually helps give a framework to grow in a direction, which is exactly why this very ancient, this very widely used practice of a rule of life is my encouragement for us this morning. So you can download a rule of life sheet from under this video or from our website, www.bcc.org.au. We'll put a PDF there of a two-sided page of a rule of life. I would love, love, love for you to print that out or put it on your computer. And as you're listening to this series this month, have a think about what it looks like to put a couple of paragraphs down around how you want to live your life. What am I talking about? What, what, let me give you some examples. Morning prayer. Do you want to commit to morning prayer? How are you going to spend your finance? What, how are you going to budget your time and resources? What's it going to look like? Write that down. What are some family rhythms if you're married? Um, what's it look like? Date night with your, with your spouse. What's it look like to grow that in Christ? For some, it might be, hey, look, I've in this season, I've really um, struggled to get to church, obviously, because it's hard to get you here every week. But I've even struggled to jump online and do community or ring people or I've got a bit um, out of habit. Write that down. I want to commit. Write a couple of paragraphs over this month that's going to help you mind and body, mentally, emotionally, be discipled. Think about, do you have a mentor? Do you have someone in your life that is you have they have committed to you or you've boldly asked them to commit to you and are speaking into your life. Do that today. Give them a call. Write that down. Going to meet with and be built into. Do you have someone you're building into? A mentoree. I want us to think about this month around designing, thinking about a rule of life, a couple of paragraphs of how we're intentionally going to say no to the world's rule of life? Because they're already forming you. As we spoke last week, they're transforming you. They're changing you. They're growing you. They're preaching to you every single moment now. 
And so to reject the patterns of this world, like Steve coming back from overseas to say, no, I need to be intentional about my pruning and growing, not for more of God's love, but so that I can abide in him better. I'd love you to consider a rule of life. Here are some really, really quick tips because I know this is hard to do via online. Here's some quick tips if you're looking at a rule of life. Keep it simple. (laughs) When you're writing a couple of paragraphs. Um, By the way, I'm not going to get you to send this to me. This is for you, possibly your spouse, possibly your family to see. But this is not something I'm trying to get to send to you. This is something between you and God to help you abide. Keep it simple. Um, This is not self-help. Some of modern day Christianity and teaching gets boxed in this reaching. We can just do it ourselves. We can just work through this. We can save ourselves if we reach deep enough. No, no, no. This is about creating space for God's help. This is not ignoring the work of the Holy Spirit. This is saying I'm going to acknowledge. I'm going to put some practices in to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. If you're going to design a rule of life, I encourage you to review and reflect on it often. Start where you are, not where you want to be. Write some practices that you'd like that are doable for you in your season of life. So you might be reading some of the great Christian thinkers and preachers and they wake up at 4.30 in the morning and pray for three hours. Yeah, let's get there. But if you're not praying at all during the week, let's start with that. Because we want to change this often as our season of life changes. My season, my rule of life would look different as a single young adult to a family with three kids, six, five, and three, to a retired person, to someone with older kids. All of that will look different. What does it look like for you to commit to abiding in Christ? This is an important one. I want to encourage you as you're writing a couple of paragraphs this month, subtract more than you add. This is not about adding 50 things to do for Jesus. This might mean 50 things you're going to take away to spend more time with Christ, whether that's work commitments, whether that's personal commitments, whether that's a hobby, I I don't know. For me recently, not going to go too much into this, but I've just downgraded my phone. I've subtracted my ability to go to social media as frequently, and it's been good for my spiritual formation. That's a little thing that's included in my rule of life. And then lastly, write some things within these paragraphs that you find easy and enjoyable. Like you might be like, I want to listen to worship music in the car. Great. You might enjoy that, but also choose some things that are hard because that's how we grow. All in all, and you can see this on the sheet if you're having a look at it, I want you to consider the stories and the teaching you are listening to. I want you to think about the habits and the practices and the patterns you're a part of. And then I want to think about your commitment to community, not just Sunday church, but the people within our larger family. And put down a couple of paragraphs about how it looks like for you to abide. This is a wacky season. People's balances are out of whack. People are isolated. Stats are saying drinking is way out of hand. Stats are saying domestic violence has gone up. And guess what, church? Domestic violence rates are worse inside the Australian church than they are outside. Both are really bad. Within the church is slightly higher, statistically speaking. 
we've lost, the world has lost any type of rhythm of life. This is the season to consider who are you becoming and your intentional rhythm through a rule of life. And then on the back, you'll see a rule of life, small tables. I'd love this season and I'd love this month to be when we really activate our small tables. Our small tables were originally designed in this season just to um, kind of connect with each other and that's been great because we've needed it, right? I would really ask us to sit down with your Christian friends, your group. Um, if, you, if you've got kids and right now your small table is the family table in your home and that's all you can manage right now, that's great. Do this form for that. That's okay too. You can have rhythms within that. that. You are responsible for those kids' discipleship. But what I ask is you to flip it around and over this month is to write a rule of life for your small table. What's your group going to do? Not just hang out and talk about what we love. That's fun too. Not just be social. What are, they, what are you intentionally going to become? What truth are you going to speak? What, what practice are you going to encourage each other? What, what Bible passage are you going to be, uh, I guess, um, meditating or discussing or wrestling with? What predictable patterns are you going to put in place? For some of you, that's just a couple. For some of you, that's your Bible study. For some of you, that's a family. For some of you, that's a couple of friends. But what rhythms can you put in place together to help each other abide? After all, that's what the church is about. <laughs> My invitation for this series is we're all being transformed into something. Our spiritual, mental, physical, emotional lives are all being shaped. Anxiety, fear and anger and unrest is all on the rise right now. And there's many factors to it and I'm not pretending a rule of life is going to fix all of that. But my invitation in this series is to rest fully in Christ, to make more space for Christ, to be more intentional about listening and hearing and abiding in him and let him shape our life. Yes, this sheet could be something you're like, oh, and you put on your bench and go, we should do that sometime. That's not a bad idea. And then it piles up with other stuff and then eventually ends in the bin. I get that. I've done that myself with notes and thoughts and things I've got handed in church and different things. Or you could make an intention decision to work past the, the weirdness of practical preaching, the strangeness of writing something, of being giving, given homework from your preacher. <laughs> and you could honestly sit down and pray through this. And as an individual and with your small table, you can make some decisions that really affect your formation for the rest of your life. Practical is always hard really excited for this series as we're going to be looking for opportunities to place things, talking about the ways we're being shaped and talking about the promises of God and how they, they connect together. Let me pray and, um, yeah, we'll catch you soon. Father God, it's, uh, we thank you for this time. When talking about rhythms, when talking about practical, tangible things to put in place, 
I'm conscious of the that's best done with two or three or more. That's best done in church community. That's best done as we can discuss and ask questions and talk. But Father, for those watching online right now, I just pray that the words, that the practices, that the things you want them to be challenged with, that they will hear and that your Holy Spirit will stir in this process in our church as we redefine our lives, sharpen our lives, center it more on you. Not just by thinking we'd like to do that, but by practically stepping out and abiding, Lord. Pray you bless this month as a community, as us as individuals, and anyone that's watching this as they seek to do this out of worship to you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.